Welcome to a Life of Choice podcast, the podcast that helps you shift and broaden your perspective to get more out of life. I'm your host, Robin McCaig, so let's get started. Welcome back. So in today's news, there was a Nobel Prize Award in Medicine to three scientists for the discovery of hepatitis C. And you may say, why is that big news? Well, it's big news because that's something I went through. One of the diseases that I dealt with that I am now disease-free of. And so I think it's a really important impact in the world. And I wanted to share a bit of information about it. It's estimated that 71 million people have chronic hepatitis C virus infection, according to the World Health Organization. And a significant number of those who are chronically infested will develop cirrhosis or liver cancer, which means they're going to die or need a liver transplant. And our healthcare system really can't address all of the needs. It's like with any transplant, it's just not viable. Plus, by the time people are diagnosed, often it's too late, it's too chronic, it's not going to really help in the eradication of the disease. And when I was diagnosed in 2011, I was told that this was a huge issue for those in the baby boomer age group, especially, which I am part of. And it was like talking about a ticking time bomb with all of these people having it in their system and not being diagnosed and then later being diagnosed with liver cancer, for example. So I did a lot of education after I was diagnosed, really urging people if they were having any symptoms or even asymptomatic, just ask your doctor on your regular medical, can I just have a hep C test this year and just rule that out. So in the press release that I read today, they were talking about the discovery of hep C as a Cinderella story in modern medicine. And of course, in the 60s, there was a lot of concern because people were receiving blood transfusions and developing chronic hepatitis, and they didn't know why or where from. And then they found that patients could transmit the disease to chimpanzees. And so they called it non A non B hepatitis. And then the UK scientist who is actually working here in Canada right now in Alberta, he actually was able to isolate the genetic sequence, which was named hepatitis C. And once all the pieces were together, then they could create this blood test, which was sensitive enough, and then stop the spread through the blood transfusions. And it was interesting because one of the doctors at the UK Royal Society of Medicine says that the disease still kills about 400,000 people every year. And so it's not a disease to be taken lightly. And... It is very insidious. You don't know it until often it's too late. For myself, I just kept getting more and more fatigued and couldn't figure out why I was falling asleep at my desk. I had no focus. I'd come home from work and it was like I didn't even want to cook dinner. I didn't know what was going on. I was doing all the right things, eating well, doing my energy work, all sorts of things, and nothing was helping. In fact, it was going getting worse. 
So on the off chance, my doctor did the test and it was positive. And then I went to see the specialist. And often you have to do kind of a needle biopsy to actually get a piece of the liver. And it's quite painful, apparently. And I was very fortunate because there was a new machine, a scanner in Vancouver, and I was able to go and get this very non-invasive test to confirm where I was on the scale. And so when I was talking to the specialist, we were kind of backtracking and figuring out when it might have happened, what the potential areas were. And I remember I'd been giving blood for quite a long time. My employer was really great at allowing us time off or having a blood clinic at work. And I'd gotten my 22 pin and I felt really proud of that. And then I had a test and they said I was positive for hep C and couldn't give blood anymore. So of course I was in shock and went running to my doctor and said, oh, is this true? We did a blood test. It was negative. So I think the tests at that time weren't very sensitive because this was before cancer, because of course, once I had cancer, I couldn't give blood anyway. So this is over 20 years ago. And so I remembered that, but again, there was no tracking and no kind of idea that that was going on and going on behind the scenes. And today it's still one of the most common routes of transmission is through injection drug use. And a lot of people who have HIV also have hep C because of that. And it was interesting when we were talking about ways of transmission, uh, the specialist was talking about how people would use dollar bills or some denomination of a bill to snort cocaine, for example. And so we know the nostrils are very, very sensitive. There's tiny blood vessels inside. And with COVID, we're told, you know, to cover our nose. That's one of the main places of transmission. So that would happen with people using that that bill. And so they would snort and then, you know, the blood vessels, some blood might get on there and then pass it along to other people and then not becoming aware of that. And so the transmission is blood to blood, but, you know, it doesn't need to be this big injury. And I think that people think, oh yeah, I'm safe because I didn't have this big thing. So it's not in their even frame of reference to even think about getting that added as a potential test with their annual physical, for example. And so for me, I was really fortunate. I had my sick benefits. The clinic was right in my neighborhood, 15 minute walk at the most on a good day. And of course, as time went on and I did the antiretroviral treatment, I became more and more anemic and more and more sick and it took me longer to get there, but I still did my walk, even if I would have, have to rest partway in the park, because, because it gave me one thing to get outside for and get my little bit of exercise to get to the clinic. And I had to do injections and pills. And it was very difficult treatment. The treatment was worse than what I went through with the breast cancer treatment and just having no energy, being anemic, nothing tasted good. I had this metallic tinny taste in my mouth all the time. So things that were normally sweet were really bitter and awful. 
and it was difficult to really want to eat anything. And it broke my heart when I went to the clinic and I would see people that were still waiting for coverage for treatment. I remember sitting there and seeing this mom and she'd been waiting, I think she said three years and she just wasn't finding any way to get coverage. And I was so fortunate because I had my extended health through my sick plan through work. And I also had my coverage through the government. You had to put your name in for special dispensation. And the treatment was around $3,000 a month. So we're not talking cheap treatment here. And I think I had to pay out at most about $1,000 at the beginning and the rest was covered. And some of the drug companies would give you know, sort of a scholarship to certain number of people per year, that kind of thing. But of course, that didn't cover everyone. And so when I took the treatment, it was the antiretroviral, which was very, very challenging. And since then, they've come out with a very much simpler, non-invasive medication. And I think it's just as expensive but you don't get all the side effects that I went through. And so I feel very fortunate. I only had to do six months instead of a year because if you're an early responder, then you do less treatment. And then when I did my follow-up scan, there was zero in my system. So it's fully eradicated out of my system. So even though it was a difficult six months, I felt very grateful that it was finally diagnosed and dealt with before it went on to become cirrhosis or cancer or anything more serious. And I had the support from my spiritual community. I did the work with the energy systems, mentally, emotionally, physically, and spiritually, taking care of all parts of self and seeing what were the supports I needed and it's so important that we don't just think of one specific area. Yes, the medical system was one area, and we have to take care of ourselves in all ways, just as we're seeing with COVID. And it's whether or not you have the disease, it's still looking at how we need to take care of ourselves in all of those ways. It's always that life of choice to see how we're reviewing it, how are we taking care of ourselves, and what are the things coming forward for us to look at. One of the things that was difficult when I was telling my work I had to go off sick was the clinic was saying that there was still a lot of stigma around this disease and to not necessarily let them know what the disease was that I was dealing with. And so I didn't at the time. I did tell people it was not cancer because I knew that would be the first thing that came to mind. Oh, She's had cancer before, is the cancer back? And it's like, no, it's not cancer. It is a disease and I am dealing with it. I'm having treatment. But it still felt really odd to me. I'd worked so hard to become more of who I was and be so integrous and congruent with who I was after dealing and going through the cancer that it felt challenging to feel like I was lying to people and even though it was the omission and not giving the full story, it still was a challenge. And a few trusted people outside of work 
knew and of course family and friends, but it really was something that I, I kept from people in the workplace. And I think that's really sad that we don't have the education and the understanding. And that's why I want to be vocal about it, because if it's this disease or something else, how do we view people because of that label or that diagnosis or whatever it is? If you think about it, if you're an entrepreneur, entrepreneur, small business owner, you know, you, you see something in the media about them, or you see something and do we go to judgment? Or do we allow ourselves to look past that to look at the person? And do we find a connection with them? Is there something that we feel that we can support each other and look at those things rather than maybe what's being portrayed or having a bias towards oh, they have that, or they had that. It may not even be active, it may be in the past. And at the same time, we have our own experiences. So if you had met me and didn't know about that, that might have helped you to shift your perspective. But if you had met someone else who maybe was a a drug user and was still addicted and didn't present very well, then maybe you would have another bias and think, well, you know, what drugs were you doing? Or, you know, what was the thing that I caused that disease rather than looking at it? Something happened. I managed to get it. Probably thousands of other people would do the same thing and didn't get it. I just happened to be the person that got it, just like with the cancer. I don't look for blame or shame or any of that. It's like it happened let's deal with it and move on rather than looking for that place of this is why it happened. And I need to know that. And I think for me, that's the place that always gave me peace of mind where I would see other people going through different things. And it's like looking for that cause or that root. Yes, it's good when we're dealing with trauma to get to the root and pull that out and to deal with it. And at the same time, If we're constantly looking for that, then we're never moving on. If we can look back and see that this is what happened at the time and deal with that and move forward, then that's what's going to help us to grow and be who we want to be and have a life that we love. Because if we get stuck in that constantly searching for that, then we're not being present and we're not really being ourselves. We're being preoccupied with something that isn't going to support us. Because once you have the answer, does it really change anything? I think probably not for most situations. So I'm going to end that here today. And so be healthy, be caring to yourself, and have the perspective of looking beyond a diagnosis or a label, whether it's yourself or someone else. Bye for now. Thanks for listening to the show. If you enjoyed listening, please rate and recommend the show on iTunes or Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts. See you next week.